is the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. Our mission is to train those who give spiritual counsel to others. Whatever your skill level, we offer accessible and practical advice to those whose life or work frequently leads them to spiritual conversations. Our goal is to foster a growing relational connection with and loyalty to the God of the Bible. We help people choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights on the dashboard of their lives. Our passion comes from the belief that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome to a special episode of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. We're going to talk about how you deal with your emotions, not only during crisis, but in our current circumstance during quarantine, so that there's some context for those who might listen to this, whether it's months or years down the road. Um, it is early 2020, and we are in the midst a, of a worldwide pandemic, and I was provoked to record a couple episodes just about how to deal with uh, living through the, the crisis of, the emotions of, as well as the quarantine of the coronavirus. Uh, we've been practicing social distancing now for a couple weeks, and there's at least three more to go, if not more, depending on how flat the curve is by then. And the question on maybe not everyone's mind, but a lot of people's mind these days is how to deal with the sudden and dramatic change, the, the stress and anxiety, the fear and uncertainty, the disappointment, irritability, the temptation of unhealthy diversions, not to mention the boredom in the midst of this new reality that we're facing. Um, you know, how do you still live well when all of life has changed? Some are saying we may never go back to the way life was. Um, so that's what we are going to talk about. And the first thing we need to remember as we dive in here, is that we are embodied souls. Now, that is just a simple way to say that we are body and soul. We are a soul embodied in a body. Uh, we are both material and immaterial, visible and invisible. We are at least a two-part being, the material body and the immaterial self and soul. Um, the body, so that's our world consciousness, our spirit is our God consciousness, our connection to God, and our soul gives us our self-consciousness. Human beings are not just corporeal or immortal, but both. We are embodied souls. Body plus soul and spirit equals human being. Now, that being said, there's no thing that is purely physical or that is purely non-physical. We are at the same time. Emotions and thought and will and determination and body and sensations and desires and relationships or psychological, rational, relational, spiritual, physical creatures, never one at a time, always congruently and simultaneously, while maybe not always harmoniously. Why the lecture? Well, if we're going to maintain our health while we weather this present global storm, we need to treat all of us. We are more than just physical beings and more than emotional or spiritual beings. Uh, you will not get through this well if you nearly focus on one to the neglect of the other. So we're going to talk about this from several perspectives, obviously the physical or external and the internal or cognitive as well as the spiritual, emotional, interpersonal perspectives. And much of this will be simple and expected, but if you need to hear it, you need to heed it. So let's begin talking about this from a a simple and recognizable point of view, and then we will expand or build on that. And if you listen closely for just these next few moments, 
even though what I say is not going to be all that new or revelatory, um, that listening, if you listen careful, it will create a foundation that, we'll, that you're going to need to build the rest of our health on. So let's begin with our bodies and let's talk about inactivity. So during this time, inactivity is going to lead to embodied problems. Unless it is the majority of inactivity is a good night's sleep. So, uh, which is what you want. Good eight hours of sleep. Make sure you are sleeping that full eight hours and conversely avoid taking several naps during the day. Now, this is very simple stuff. Not only will, you know, sleeping whenever you want during the day make sleeping at night harder because you're all slept up. But the inactivity has an effect on our emotions. It feels purposeless or meaningless or like your life has no significant reason if you sleep whenever you feel tired during the day. Obviously, along with inactivity, we need to talk about diet. Um, you need to eat healthy and avoid snacks, especially if those snacks are all junk. Uh, beyond gaining the unneeded and unhealthy weight, it will add a sick feeling, both physically and emotionally. Uh, you know, overeating or just eating too much food that go right to your waist may end up making you sick physically. And then again, that sick feeling is apt to pile on to your sick emotional feelings if you are inactive. So you want to do all these things together, not one of these things, but all of them. And we're going to take the time here um, to talk about some simple advice and extend it to the other parts of the human makeup as we as we progress. So again, listen well now and you'll be ready for what uh, is coming. So, you know, inactivity is a bad idea. You know, not watching our diet, that's a bad idea. Um, and and, and, and kind of connected to inactivity, let's talk about exercise. Uh, that leads to, um, um, this, or we're leading to, that leads to uh, a talk about exercise. I really doubt I need to explain to anyone how important bodily movement is. Um, but I do want to suggest that you do it in intervals. That's it. At best, a little exercise and then whatever else and then a little exercise throughout your day. Uh, but even once a day is better than not moving at all. Um, there is no excuse for not exercising unless you have you know, physical limitations or restrictions. You can just go outside and take a walk. Walk around inside if you must. You know, I saw, I saw on Facebook the other day, this guy was jogging around the roof of his house. He, he jogged up to the peak, back down to the gutter, along the gutter, back up to the peak, down to the gutter, along the length of the house. He was just jogging around the roof, you know. Do not sit all day um, on the couch binging on Netflix or your streaming service of choice. Uh, just don't sit all day, but not maybe even for an hour or so. So... So it's one thing to sit all day, but even an hour of, of just sitting stagnantly um, is not going to be good for you, especially if like, you're sitting in front of a, a video game or, like I said, binging out on some new series. Um, and, and, you know, along with that, uh, these all being connected, we could talk about play. Uh, you know, and the more anxious or depressed you are, the more these strategies are important. So we need to talk about strategies like play. Um, the more physical your play can be, the better. So maybe challenge yourself on your next run to go further or faster, if that's playful to you. Uh, you know, get out a board game and play with those trapped in the house with you. <laughs> now, that will be less physical unless you choose something like Twister. Social media is resplendent with ideas right now on this one, so put it to some good use for once. You know, laugh, smile, love, lighten up. Uh, and forgive my indelicate suggestion, but when I said, you know, when I said something about love, I also meant make love with your spouse. You know, look at each other, talk, connect. 
for God's sake, turn off the constant intake of news about this coronavirus. Or whenever you're listening to this, the news probably isn't the best at uplifting and making life feel joyful or fun. So watch you know, the, the, the news, if you must, you know, maybe for about 15 minutes, because the news cycle repeats about that often, then shut it off. Don't let it run in the background all day long. That may be the best thing you can do for your state of mind. Uh, you're not going to miss anything because all you have to do is turn it back on and watch for 15 minutes and you'll get a, you, you'll probably get a recap of everything that's been going on the whole day. Um, even with my earlier request for you to stay with me here about now, you might be uh, ready to, to stop reading, either to go to make love with your spouse or, or because you've concluded that this is not going to be of any help. But before you do, just ask yourself this. How much do I love those who are trapped inside with me? By now, that might not solicit the response I'm really looking for because you're maybe about ready to, to kill some of those that you've been trapped in the house with now. Uh, but if you start to take a more deliberate responsibility for the state of your psyche, you're serving others by demonstrating how they too can care for themselves and ward off anxiety and depression. So caring for yourself is an act of loving service to others. And now watch this. Just between uh, this point and the next point, there's a little secret that's probably not going to be so much of a secret once you hear it. But this is something that I think we should throw in the midst of this here. Um, you manage your inner and outer life in a crisis the same way you manage those things in a non-crisis. The way to not lose your cool when trouble hits is by not losing your cool when the mundane hits. The way to win the battle in the moment of temptation is to prepare for it before the temptation comes. And the way to respond in godly fashion in the unexpected moments of attack or, or when on stage and under the light, so to speak, is to practice godly habits when off the stage of life, when the lights are down and when there is no attack. The way to be true to God, the spur of the moment, is to remain true to Him behind the scenes. This is one reason why establishing healthy daily rhythm is so critical. Uh, crisis does not make heroes. It exposes who already is the hero and who is not. Crisis is the stage upon which the hero shines and the unprepared fail miserably. Uh, and some of you might be thinking or just realizing now how personally unprepared you are for the worldwide pandemic or whatever the circumstance that you're living through right now. While we are thinking or, or saying or, or posting all manner of unkind or impatient or critical things about the lack of preparedness of our local and national leaders and institutions, we, we may have to admit that we were just about as unprepared ourselves to live through this kind of thing. We all know that professionals or, or any serious athlete, they train for game day. They prepare. Great preparation with mediocre talent wins the day almost every time against great but unprepared and untrained talent. The biblical writer Paul, he says it like this. Uh, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Uh, see, for Paul, every step was a critical one. It was either getting him ready to compete or was the race itself. Both were equally serious to him. It's like he did not see his training as shadow boxing, but as if it was the real thing, the real fight. He used discipline or routine or habit or rhythm, whatever you want to call it, to prepare himself so that no matter what life threw at him, he was ready to contend for the eternal prize. He trained his body to do what it should. He's talking about memory muscle. He was very careful that 
His preaching to others was backed up by personal experience and not hypocritical teaching. In other words, he, he was careful to practice what he preached. Every step had purpose, the in-race steps and the out-of-race steps. It's in the mundane, mundane that we prepare for the crisis. It is in the everyday duty that we prepare for the occasional, maybe once in a lifetime, call to duty. Now let me pause for a minute and just say that when all of this started in January, there was so much advice coming across my social media feed that and that I figured you all were, were having the, the same experience. And I felt the need to remain silent and kind of just let us all process. There was so much people were trying to say to tell you how to do this. Uh, and truth be told, I was processing right along with everyone else. And I thought that jumping right into the dialogue before thinking deeply about all this and before taking the time to and making the effort to, to have my own thoughts and not just lazily take those of others as my own. I, I thought that if I jumped right in, uh, nothing of benefit would really be added. But now that the good Lord has seen fit to give many of us another, we don't even know, 30 days or so of extra time, I thought many of you might want to use some, t some of it to continue to deal with this crazy situation. I also hope that some of my encouragements will be new to the conversation and benefit you in some way. I hope that down the road, as this is listened to, after this is all over, that some of this will help you deal with whatever crisis it is you're facing in life. Uh, I hope it'll help those of you that are uh, spiritual coaches, that, that have spiritual conversations with others. I hope it'll help you just, you know, think about how to approach people and how to encourage people and how to advise people when they are going through crisis and stress in their life. Um, and on this particular episode, because Right now, everybody has a, a little bit of time on their hands. I didn't, I didn't try real hard to, to keep this too short. So it's about, uh, uh, so it's, it's a little longer than most of my podcasts are. Um, and I've also prepared a part two to this discussion about our present crisis. I will address the second broader question. Why does God allow suffering in the upcoming episode? Uh, watch for that to become available soon. Uh, if you would prefer to read this and and um, not only read it, but be able to see the references to the passages I'm sharing and those that I include at the end of this podcast for further reading. So you can kind of just keep your Bible open and uh, continue to, to study in, in the midst of the crisis. You can go to tworivers.church slash brave the rapids for the blog where it's posted. That's tworivers.church brave the rapids. It's all one word there. Uh, now, now sit back and, and put your brain in gear and think along with me for the next for the rest of this 30 minutes, uh, one minute for each day of the currently remaining quarantine. Um, some of us find ourselves more prepared for this stressful season and some less prepared. If you're discovering that you are on the unprepared or undertrained uh, and you're undertrained for this current race, uh, don't despair. No matter which camp you're at, prepared or unprepared, or where you fall in between, your training can begin now. Every fight is also preparation. The field of play or battle forces us to add to that valuable memory muscle. It's not just when we're practicing that we're preparing, but even during the actual fights, it's preparation for the next one. And the scars we, are, we, we earn from you know, being less prepared or simply inexperienced that represent lessons we learn for the next time, be it the mundane everyday duty or the next call to battle. 
Uh, on this example that Paul gives, along with the suggestions I've already shared from a physical perspective, they are the template that we can use for every other area of preparation or training for life. So let's return to where we were a few minutes ago and take the suggestions for staying physically well and apply them to our thought and feelings and, and uh, by extension. So we talked about physical self-care. Let's use build on that and talk about mental self-care. So I just told you to be careful that you are not too inactive or oversleeping, even though you can, <laughs> to, to watch your intake, to, to not make yourself sick, to exercise, to play, to connect with others. Now we can do the same thing mentally. Have you allowed your mind to become lazy? Are you listening to all the talk about the pandemic and just believing everything you hear? Are you letting your emotions flip-flop from fear when that is announced over to hope when that is called for, back to anxiety when that is rampant all around you, over to cynicism, uh, then and then back to trusting God when you're reminded to do that? If so, two things, all right? So take a stand that is grounded in a Christian worldview and engage your cognitive abilities. Those are not sequential. Those are things you're going to do at the same time. You know, read your Bible and then also read or watch or listen to addresses on our current crisis or whatever crisis you're going through from various difficult positions and then square them with the, what you found with the word and decide where the truth is. Don't just take what everybody else is saying to you. I mean, you use to trusted sources, but don't just take everything you're told at face value. Um, square what you're hearing with what you find in the Bible and then stand there. You know, mentally is what I'm talking about at this point. Engage your mind. Use your cognitive abilities. Exercise your mind. Then once you have found the right and, and true place to, to fall out, you know, you keep your mind at rest. So it's a cycle of exercise and rest and exercise and rest. Do not under or over exercise your thinking. It's just as bad to over exercise your thinking that as it is to under exercise your thinking. Some people are just always thinking and it gets them into all sorts of emotional problems. When you do exercise your mind, do not let it run wild or without purpose. Discipline your mind by directing where it takes you. When you rest your mind, don't do it lazily or irresponsibly or unbiblically. Do it peacefully, calmly, with faith in God. Take care that you do not feed junk to your thought life. J-I-J-L, right? Junk in, junk out. Feast on what is healthy thinking and what will give rise to healthy feelings. And always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, dear brothers, sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. You know, think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. That's Paul speaking in Philippians 4. Among all the great advice that you find in those verses about how to think, he also suggests that we are, which, which you know, all the advice about thinking, I, I suggest that you, that you take it. But he also suggests that we're careful who we connect with. Paul had first brought the hope of the gospel to the Philippians, and he was their spiritual father. And, and they knew and loved and they trusted him. So he tells them to be careful whose example they follow, whose model to follow whose life to mimic. And elsewhere, Paul clarifies this challenge when he tells the Corinthians to follow him as he follows Christ, who is our ultimate example. 
So, so have you de- deployed your mind in an effort to find human examples as well as Christ's in the midst of this crisis? So, you know, who are you following, both on social media but also in your thought life and and in the conclusions and opinions you're making? And don't just ask, uh, can they be trusted to tell the truth, but can they be trusted to believe and obey the truth or the true one? Who are you connecting with in this season? Quarantine yourself from some sources by plugging into only people and outlets that are worthy of your attention. You know, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to obey false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10. So here's more training, more discipline. We have to seek out and imprison proud and rebellious thoughts and false arguments or false news and teach them to bow to the truth and to the king. We are forced to quarantine our body and in just... And I just suggested that we quarantine ourselves from unhelpful people and sources. And now I call you to quarantine your ungodly, unbiblical thinking also. For as your mind goes, so goes your emotions. Garbage in is what you think. But the garbage that comes out, it comes out as emotions. Emotions that our thinking has produced. And it's not just wrong thinking you want to wage war against. It's, is it morally pure? Is it theologically pure? Is it honorable to be thinking? Does it honor others? Is it thinking that should be admired and mimicked by others? Are they thoughts, are, are they thoughts that are lovely? Do not let your mind wander aimlessly. This includes what you binge on. Are you watching shows about conspiracy theory, theories and governmental cover-ups and, and such things and then wondering why you're anxious and fearful and on the edge? Are you gorging yourself on shows with all manner of relational tension and betrayal and sexual perversion and, and then wondering why you're a little depressed and maybe a little grumpy and irritable and, or stimulated? Are you watching home shopping channels or browsing through online shopping sites and you're feeling very poor, indulgent, greedy, and wanting to do some retail therapy to, to feel better? G-I-G-O. Be vigilant. Carelessness in this season may be just about the worst enemy that you could face. Do for yourself mentally the same kind of things that you know are healthy for you physically. Watch your exercise. Watch your intake. Watch what you eat. Watch who you connect with. Watch what's coming into your mind. Carelessness in this season may just be your worst enemy. And now that flows over into the third era. We talked about uh, physical self-care and mental self-care. And now we can just kind of slide right into some spiritual self-care because the huge positive here is we've already alluded to some physical, to, to some spiritual self-care with the things we've said about your mind. When you do with your mind the good kinds of things that you do with your body to maintain that health, much of that is what you should do spiritually to maintain spiritual health. So the physical, mental, and spiritual all the same kind of things. Those areas overlap. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. When you do something healthy for one, you're showing health to the rest. Uh, here's another caution. I don't know. It might seem strange to you, but it's one reason uh, we need to connect with other uh, spiritually mature people in a time of crisis, uh, like the one we're in now or whatever it is that you're experiencing. Do not expect to have the faith of someone who has been trusting Jesus for 30 years if you have only been working at it for three. Well, if I were more spiritual, I could just be able to fill in the blank, right? 
I talk to people all the time who get all discouraged because they're not as strong as someone else who has a lot more scars, many more hours on the practice field, way more time on the battlefield of life, and consequently way more spiritual and and mental uh, memory muscle than they do. If the enemy cannot distract you with blatant godlessness, he will discourage and condemn you with the accusation that you are not spiritual enough. That's just how he rolls. If he cannot distract you with blatant godlessness, he will discourage and condemn you with the accusation that you are not spiritual enough. And be sure that you value just a little faith. Two points here. One, do not underestimate the potential of a little faith. Your faith may be small, but self-condemnation is not necessary because with just a pinch of faith, you can trust God to move huge mountains. You may be not as experienced as another in living through such disruptive crisis as we have before us or whatever it is you're facing right now. But a little faith expressed in the right person, that right person being God, uh, it activates all that that right person has to help you with. That connects perfectly also to my next point, and that is forget being tough. Reject the encouragement to be tough or to just hang in there. You do not have this, but your God does. It is too great a weight for any human to carry. Do not be tough. Be weak. You know, Paul mentions a struggle he faced, uh, designed to keep him humble, that he asked repeatedly for, for God to take away from him. And, and, and here's what, what God said to him in that moment. Uh, uh, Paul speaking first, he says three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. We don't really know what it is. But each time he said, and this is God talking, God said to him, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so Paul's conclusion was, now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and following. Uh, the, the, the circumstance that he's in is not identical, but the tactic is still very applicable. Tell God you do not have this and look to him to display strength in your life. Rejoice that you do not have this, whatever this may be. Uh, Why? Because when you are weak, it opens up the way for God to be strong and then you are strong. That's, I know it's kind of, it sounds like crazy talk. When I become weak, I become strong, but that's the way God rolls. Do not bemoan that you do not have as much spiritual memory muscle as the next guy. Rejoice if you have but a little faith because we have a God who loves to respond to just a little faith. Rejoice if, you only, if you're weak and only have a little strength because we have a God who loves to step in and turn our weakness into strength. Uh, and one last encouragement that, uh, that we're going to wrap up with, and, and this is something I challenged my family with this past Sunday as we, we chatted virtually because we couldn't be together. <laughs> Before we practiced, we participated in our, our Sunday experience, each at our own homes, because that was uh, um, uh, through YouTube and, and not live in person because we are practicing social distancing. In times like these, the unusual circumstances with uncommonly high levels of abnormality and tension, we we have a unique opportunity to grow closer to God. In these moments, the increased levels of stress and fear and worry, they they trigger things that in the normal rough and tumble of life, we're able to keep locked away, or at least in the shadows, hidden and suppressed, but not dead and gone. 
things we may never uncover otherwise, but that still exert influence and manipulation in our lives from the secret of their hiding place. But now, in this wild and not-so-wonderful season, we struggle to keep them hidden. They're emboldened to, to creep out of their, those shadows and apply even greater pressure on us to, to bend to their devious and evil will. We no longer have what we need to, to keep them at bay because we're expending so much effort mentally and otherwise on other things that the crisis has forced us to manage. But right here is where they may just overplay their hand. By creeping further out into our lives than usual and showing themselves, they are no longer flying under the radar. We may even be shocked by their, their presence or the things they suggest or how much sway we're indicated to give them or how much destruction they impose. When this crisis drives you to thoughts, emotions, words, fears, anxiety, reactions, diversions, temptations, or conclusions that you would never usually entertain, take notice. Right there you have the potential for a God moment. That flash of awareness is a great opportunity and potentially a great treasure for you. Do not uh, brush by it or sweep it out of sight or, or blow it off. Investigate. Ask the Spirit of God to, to shine an illuminating light into the dark corners of your soul where the godlessness that you are encountering still remains. Determine that this season will be a victorious one. Vow that for everything God reveals to you, you will bend a little lower under His kingly sway so He can do what He may, what He will with yet another part of your life, a part that He doesn't yet own. Ask Him to show you what is behind, what is surprising or uncommon to you, but suddenly present in the given circumstances. Take what his life offers up and put it on the altar as a sacrificial offering to God. Uh, if, you, if you can't get these things under control, as I wrap up here, uh, I encourage you to get some help. To, uh, to not, not to just to discover what's there, uh, to understand it, to see it more clearly, but to get to the bottom of it and, and root it out and to walk into freedom. And if you were to go to tworivers.church slash the center, that is the website for our, for, for our counseling center. And you can click get coaching there and it'll take you to a form that once you fill it out, it will send a notice to me and we can get in touch and I can help you with um, whatever it is that you are facing in life. On the next episode of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard, um, we are going to talk about why does God allow suffering? Thank you for listening to this episode. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, do not waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how God would have you work the new thought into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been. We firmly believe that God will exchange the wounding of the past for the wellness of the future. A transformation that frees us to be wholeheartedly available to Him and those near us. As we walk into that healing, we gain the humble confidence and godly credibility needed to step unrestricted into the life and impact God has for us. And when we experience that for ourselves, it gives us a compelling story from which to call others to experience the same. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. 
If you would like to submit a question or topic for a future episode of our podcast, here, as promised, is the contact information. The email address is carrie at tworivers.church or text at SC Dashboard from the social media platform of your choice. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. Thank you.